0: The minute you think of somebody else, you stop thinking about yourself, your own self-pity and depression disappears and uh, you find that you're caught up in, in, in trying to do whatever you can, large or small, for somebody else. The soul, which is trying to carry out, um, express the plan of evolution on the physical plane through the personality is seeking to inspire the man or woman in incarnation to serve its plan and its plan first of all is is to create right human relationships
1: and that was a foretaste of this episode of the planetary makeover show the alternative media wakes up to the maitreya story with graham peebles artist journalist and philanthropist who presents a context for understanding our confusing world events. In response to the growing voices of an awakening humanity, we bring you evidence that divine health is at hand to work with us to create a hopeful future that works for everyone. And I'd like to characterize the show and begin by swiping a line from our guest's website in which he quotes, nothing matters but the soul and nothing counts in the long term but service because service is all the soul knows and our guest today certainly is servant of humanity. And his name is Graham Peebles from the United Kingdom. And he's being interviewed by Silito Pascual on a 2017 episode of Share on the Air Radio. It's interesting to note that here in America, we're only 5% of the world's population. But we use 24% of its energy. And we create 12% of the world's garbage. That's from a country that's only 5% of the world's population. The survivors of the South African apartheid have every one of them, to a man and a woman, that's been quoted, said that Israel's apartheid against the Palestinians is worse than what they experienced in South Africa. But since the US is so closely allied with Israel, they are loath to criticize or condemn them, and the mainstream corporate owned media follows suit. But not Graham, and he's gotten it published in online journals such as, as I mentioned, Counterpunch. Another one, changing topics, is, was entitled Karma Yoga Spontaneous Action. Free from Attachment and Desire, who writes about this in the mainstream media. But what he points out is all the world's major religions have always emphasized the importance of service. And that's what the article's focus is on. Another one where he's talking to the youth, in this case on the continent of Africa, entitled, Open Your Hearts and Act, African Youth Activists on Climate Apathy, which goes back to the first article I'd mentioned. And in this particular piece, he's talking about the COP, Conference of the Parties. And it was the 2021, and I believe it was the number 26 COP conference. And once again, promises were made at this conference by all the major countries of the world to help out the less fortunate countries and the impact climate change has had on them and the planet and, indeed, all of us. But most of it, per usual, was empty rhetoric. Another interesting article that you don't see in the mainstream news, this one was entitled, Observation is Awareness text and exercise. And what this talks about is self-awareness and the question, who am I? And who hasn't asked that question? Not only who am I, but who am I not? Which might be an even more important question to ask. Which takes us back to the quote on his website about the Soul knowing only but ser- nothing but service and devoting itself to that task. And it could be taken a step further. You could say the universe runs on service. And that's what Graham runs on too. And that is something that our guest has had his eye upon and focused in his writing from the beginning. So, in this episode, he's also going to discuss the importance of meditation in general, and in particular, transmission meditation. Of course, if you go to our site, you'll see that we have five categories of shows, and we have mentioned this topic in almost every show, and some shows are almost totally devoted to the subject of transmission meditation, and how it requires only three people, at a minimum. And that no training is required, no cost is involved, and no commitment. People can come and go at will. Though if you've practiced it as long as he has since the 80s or as long as I have since 2001, 21 years, you will find yourself committed to it simply because it is so rewarding. This is a world service it benefits all the planet all the planet and all the people who are participating in it who we've been known to have healings during those sessions it's not the primary function per se of transmission meditation but it's a wonderful byproduct and of course it's self-sustaining in that sense and it benefits the entire world you could say poetically, it sort of helps replenish the pool of spiritual energy from which all of creation drinks, and it appeals to a wide swath of humanity, beginning as it does with the great invocation given to humanity by the world teacher at the close of World War II, and has probably been recited by millions since then. And also, he describes, uh, our guest, Graham Peoples, how in 1987, he started to listen to lectures by and meditate with Benjamin Krem, the artist, esotericist, and author who, like a sort of modern-day John the Baptist, has been talking about the ageless wisdom teaching, picking up where Alice Bailey left off starting in the mid-70s, reluctantly, though we first heard about this in 1959, which of course is a, another episode in itself, right through to 2016 when he passed, or as we would say in the Age of wisdom teaching, shifted consciousness. And as I said, Graham has been practicing that meditation all these years. And since I have too, I can tell you that it has a cumulative effect, and that it helps bring in all those energies from the soul that all of humanity wants. Creativity, love, balance, calm, spiritual growth, good health, you name it. And who doesn't want those qualities in their life? And these are all of the things that a concentrated, concerted, and properly executed practice of transmission meditation can mean for you. And more than that, there's also the readings that you can do. Graham had delved into the Alice Bailey books, Alice working from 1919 to 1949, And then, of course, Benjamin Krem, publishing his first book in the late 70s and publishing 16 books in all. And that alone will keep you busy many a night and day absorbing all that information. And it's more than just reading. This information is designed to stimulate not only the mind, but the intuition as well. So let's take a listen to how this has inspired... Graham peoples.
2: My name is Celia Pasquale I'm podcasting from Seattle, Washington. And nearly every week on this show, we present a very compelling premise in the context of current world events. And that premise is that emerging into the world today are a group of wise elders of humanity led by Maitreya, the world teacher, here now to guide us out of the crisis of injustice and environmental degradation that is imperiling all life on our planet. And the guidance of these elders known as the Masters of Wisdom uh, or the Lords of Compassion is available to to all of us, no matter our background, to all members of the human family, and is based on the spiritual (coughs) principle of sharing in a new way. Um, And it's important to note, we we don't often mention this, uh, but it is important to note that the emergence of Maitreya and the Masters of Wisdom has been initiated by humanity itself and is leading up uh, to a very definite event known as the Day of Declaration, where Maitreya will appear before the world via satellite and We'll talk about that a little later in the show, but I do want to introduce our guest for today. Um, We're going to speak with a journalist whose extensive work published uh, by online alternative media outlets covers hard-hitting issues in the political and economic realm. But he has also written with remarkable clarity on the emergence of Maitreya, the world teacher. And those same alternative media outlets have picked up on the story. Uh, my guest, Graham Peebles, is an artist and a writer <coughs> based in London and is the director of the Create Trust, a UK charity founded in 2006. He's run education projects and teacher training programs in Palestine, India, and Ethiopia. And he is a longtime student of the body of knowledge known as the Ageless Wisdom Teachings. Graham just recently published an article um, uh, on Counterpunch. Counterpunch is a very familiar uh, online media outlet. And uh, many of his many of Graham's articles have been published on the Counterpunch, and um, I'm going to just read off some of the headlines of uh, while we're waiting for him. Uh, So I I wanted to share with the audience the headlines of some of his articles, so you get a sense of the range of what he covers. One, uh, we have Ethiopia: peaceful protest to armed uprising. Another article, Hunger and Food Waste in a World of Plenty, Children and Women for Sale, Trafficking in India, Climate Change, the Potential Impacts of Collective Inaction. So these are very serious, sober, think tank kind of topics. But he's also written articles uh, with titles like Peace in a Troubled World. Hope and wonder amidst the misery, goals of the new way, unity and diversity. And uh, most recently, uh, his article published in counterpunch.org is entitled Maitreya, the coming one. Tell us, um, tell us what kind of work you were doing prior to writing. Um,
0: since 2005, I've been running. Um, Education projects in developing countries. Um, prior to that, I was a photographer and fine artist. Um, I'd, I'd done um, voluntary work in London for since 1987, working with various communities um, and various charities here. So I'd got quite a lot of experience of um, working. Um, within the voluntary sector, and when the um, when the tsunami happened in Southeast Asia in two thousand and five, um, we were all you know deeply moved by the tragedy and a, I, a friend of mine has a house in Sri Lanka, and we met in January um, just after the um, boxing day tsunami and and i I sort of quite casually actually said. Um, is there anything I can do to help? And she sort of jumped on me and said, well, yes, um, would you would you run a series of um, sort of therapeutic art workshops um, in Gaul, in the south of Sri Lanka, which had, the, the town or the city had been devastated by the tsunami. Um, and they, they, her and some friends had raised a little bit of funds and they would sort of pay for art materials and, and cover it, expenses in Sri Lanka if I could get myself there. So so I paid for the flight, I stayed at, at Linda's house and I ran daily workshops with, um, with, a, with one community to begin with in Gaul who'd lost all their, a community of about 80 families, and they'd lost all of their homes, they were all living in canvas tents when I arrived. And I worked with a one of the, one of the um, people in the camp spoke English, he translated for me and I went every day and ran, um, ran workshops with the children. Um, and it, the, the, what, that work expanded and I, I met other people and other NGOs working on the island. Um, and what started as a six week um, project Ended. I ended up with me spending eight months in Sri Lanka in three trips and working with, I don't know, over a hundred and fifty children, I suppose, and three or four communities. I'd always written, actually. I mean, before I started writing the human rights and political and philosoph- philosophical essays, I'd already written. I'd I'd always written to poetry and. I'd always kept journals, and, and actually, although I was a visual artist, people had been nagging me for years to write. <laughs> I think lots, lots of times people look at my paintings and say, actually, you should be writing, <laughs> which I wasn't sure whether it, was a, a, whether it was a comment on my writing ability or actually my, um, my prowess as an artist, as a visual artist. Either way, um, yeah, I, so, I, so then I started writing in 2012... Um initially I wrote about countries that I'd worked in. So I think the first th- the first pieces I first couple of pieces I wrote were about Palestine. I haven't spent long in Palestine. I was only there for a few weeks, but uh wrote a little bit about Palestine and then Ethiopia where I spent 2 years running education projects. Um and later I've written about India and and um, and then a number of, you know, lots of sort of philosophical pieces, or we might call philosophical pieces. I, sent, um, I first my... came across the inf- uh, the information about uh, the presence, well, the fact of the the existence of a spiritual hierarchy and the emergence of Maitreya and the and, and externalization of the hier- hierarchy more broadly. In 1987, um, a friend of mine had... had um, had been to a lecture by Benjamin Krem in Munich and mentioned um, what he'd he listened to. And I found um, that Ben gave regular lectures here and went along to Friend's House, I think it was October 1987,
2: and we are communicating via Skype because unfortunately he can't at the moment he's not able to hear me, although we all heard each other at the beginning of the show. So there'll be a bit of a pause as as I send questions via Skype and he responds. Uh and he was uh in the prior segment uh explaining how he came to be writing and covering really hard hitting issues uh around economics and politics um even though with a background as a photographer so we're focusing on how one responds to a call uh he responded to the um, the tsunami um, in, in, uh, Sri Lanka, uh, a number of years ago, the big tsunami. And that started him on his way of, of, uh, uh, working towards establishing his uh, charity. But we're now talking about how he first hear, heard about the, uh, the emergence of Maitreya and the masters of wisdom. Um, so it will, we'll, I'll have him resume where he was talking, um, uh, about hearing the story
0: and so I went along that? to the first meeting in October 1987 as I say and I knew nothing I mean I, I had no um, spiritual background I read, read no eastern philosophy um, had no religious upbringing um, and Everything I heard was like double Dutch to me. you know I had no idea what was what what Benjamin Krem was talking about however i what I was somehow for some reason I was absolutely sure that what he was saying was true um, and <laughs> at the same time i had um, I think maybe it was just before. I'd been to Ben's lecture, or you know, whether it was the same month or not. I'd I'd been along to um, a yoga class, which I'd never done such things. You know, in the 1980s, they weren't as popular as they are now. And I, in order to find a yoga class, I went to an esoteric bookshop in Soho, and um, the the assistant chap said, "Oh, there's lots of classes in these magazines," and I looked through and I just picked one at random. And it happened to be at the Theosophical Society, which, so I attended the yoga class. And at the end of the class, there was a short, um, what they called it, meditation session. Um, and went home afterwards feeling very relaxed and, and, and um, had certain phenomenal experiences that night, which I'd never experienced such things before. Or And went back to the Theosophical Society the next evening, to a meditation session, and then discovered their library, which was fan- which is fantastic, and found myself purely by chance sitting in the um, the, se- the Krishnamurti section, and I started to read, and I I essentially haven't stopped. So um, I went back to Ben's lectures. Ben he was he used to give lectures in London every month. So I went to the the, um, the lectures every month, and I was studying. So the information started to. I was able to contextualize the information, um, to understand it, to see it in a historical um, perspective, um, and make sense of of what this extraordinary man was saying.
2: But I'll send my next question. Uh, regarding how uh, his growing awareness of the masters started to influence his work.
0: Oh, it, I mean, it changed everything. It absolutely changed everything in my life. Uh, that 1987, um, from then on, uh, my life completely went in a different direction. Um, so, I, as I say, I'd started to study. I'd started to meditate. um the I started then I was I was a photographer at the time so I and I then started to draw and to paint um, I started to um, volunteer in I think the first group I volunteered with was the Hunger Project and then Shelter and and so on but yeah so I want you know there was I wanted then to serve. Um, and to get involved and, and you know, I, I I was waking up. I mean, it sounds ridiculous. You know, I, I I'd lived a very Sleepy self-indulgent life often a miserable one, but <laughs> but nevertheless self-indulgent up until that point, I suppose um, and in 19 March 1988 having you know, Been sort of doing personal meditation for about five six months and attending Ben's lectures, as I say, monthly, um, I, I started doing transmission meditation um, with Benjamin Krem's group in London. And first of all, he suggested I, I started with one night a week. I went Wednesday evenings for about three or four weeks. And then, um, started going three times a week um, which I continued to do for I don't know, about 18 years I suppose
2: but I'll send my next question um, um, uh, to Graham uh, regarding how uh, his growing awareness of the Masters started to influence his work um, and to speak on the soul um, in the well according
0: episode. to the teachings of the Master DK given through Alice A. Bailey, the the impulse to serve comes from the soul, not from the personality. So the personality is essentially selfish and on the whole lazy, other than it's pursuing its own goals. Whereas the soul, which is... Trying to carry out, um, express the plan of evolution on the physical plane through the personality, is seeking to inspire the man or woman in incarnation to serve its plan. And its plan, first of all, is is to create right human relationships, and to encourage creativity, to encourage group work, to decentralize the individual, to move them away from selfish, self-orientated work to to work that will benefit um, others and will serve the plan of evolution, which the soul is trying to make manifest on the physical plane. There's no particular catalyst for writing other than um, a desire to want to get the information out into the public. Um, And as you say, I've been writing for a little while. Um, I was, by that stage, um, a writer for Counterpunch. So um, I I sent it out um, with sort of fingers crossed um, whether they would publish it or not. And and they did. I mean, without any question, um, it was published completely unedited. Um, And... I can't remember what the the response. So there was no no reaction from the editor. Um, once it was published, I can't remember. I think I I may have received the odd email, um, you know, probably t- saying that I was barking mad, um, and maybe some <laughs> saying you know good luck and so on. And I I'd, I'd also sent it to Nation of Change. I'm also a writer for a, a magazine there called Nation of Change, and they had published. Not only the article, but they, in 1988, Maitreya appeared in Nairobi at a, um, uh, a service, a regular service run by a woman, a healer there, extraordinary healer called Mary Akatsa, and he'd appear, appeared out of the blue at one of her services, and photographs were taken by the editor of the, the Kenyan Times who was present. And that photograph, which which is widely circulated, was published by Nation of Change in conjunction with the article. So I thought that was quite extraordinary.
2: As it turns out, uh, Counterpunch has published four articles about Maitreya, written by Graham Peebles, very eloquently, uh, since 2014 and um he, his work has also been published as he mentioned on nation of change um and uh uh, uh, uh there's uh five uh, alternative media Oh, truth out he's been published on truth out counterpunch nation of change and um so y- y- you can see all of his articles at grahampeoples.org. and um uh, so, I'm going to ask him about his organization, uh, uh, the Create Trust messages right so now. So, the Create Scott
0: Trust right was set up in 2006, um, I, well 2005, 2006. It was set up after the, the work in Sri Lanka. So. When, uh, once I was doing the work in Sri Lanka, it, it, I, I, I realized that actually it was quite interesting because it brought together um, two strains of my life, the, the, the ph- philosophical part of my life um, and the artistic creative side, if you like. And also when I was in Sri Lanka, I was asked, I met a woman from... Who was the head of the education department for that region in Sri Lanka? And we, I went to see her, and we just had it. We were just chatting about various things, and she said to me after the talk, "Would I be interested in giving a talk at a teacher training college in Sri Lanka?" In which was this, the state-run tre- uh, teacher training college for that region. So I said yes, and went along, and and gave a talk about um, psychological and sociological conditioning and how that impacts on a child's um, imagination their creativity their um, sense of self how fear is promoted and the inhibiting effects of, of these these methods which and after that the the principal invited me to do a ser- I'll run a series of, of such workshops um, so, I thought, okay, well, maybe I could. So, I, we should perhaps formulate this into a charity. So, on one of the trips back to England, I found some trustees, and we, and set the 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 thing in motion of of, of setting up the Create Trust as a as a registered charity. And by the time, which took quite a few months, it's it's rather a process. Um, and by the time I was in, I think the following. 2006, when I was in Ethiopia, the the um, the Create Trust was actually established as a charity. The question I spent okay. two years in Ethiopia working, um, backwards and forwards, but two years in the end to 2008. Um, which And I, I feel a very strong affinity to the country. I have very close friends with Ethiopians. And as I say, I've written... I've written more about Ethiopia than anything else. And there's, a, there's one particular region of the country called the Ogaden where people are being brutally repressed by the government. Um, and the, the region is closed off to international media and international aid organizations. So the only way of getting information is from people who have fled the region. And a lot of those people end up in Dadaab refugee camp in Kenya. So in 2013, I was asked by um, a diaspora group to go to Dadaab and meet refugees and record their stories. So I, I wrote their stories and we um, wrote many articles based on their experiences. Um, and then the following year, um, I was asked to go back and make a documentary film um, built around a series of interviews with with um, Victims of abuse, uh, which I did, which is a which was only a sort of 15, 18-minute film, um, and actually I've just returned from a third trip to Dadaab, um, where I met both victims of abuse and perpetrators, so defected soldiers who'd carried out the atrocities, and with the view we're going to make um, a more substantial, longer documentary. Um, um, showing that the the level of um, abuse and exploitation that's that's going on has been going on for a number of years. I mean, the stories that I heard this this last week were probably the most harrowing I've ever encountered. Um, you know, people, soldiers talking about mass graves and I mean, dreadful types of torture and I mean, rape on a Monumental scale, so it was all rather, rather distressing. It's well, there's no the contradiction world. between the message of hope uh, that is inherent in Maitreya's presence in the world and the emergence of the of the masters, the and the suffering that um, that people are going through. It's you know the the the, the suffering that people are going through is man-made the hope of change um well actually the hope of change lies within within humanity we are the hope for change the inspiration for change is mark Maitreya and the masters um but one thing i would say is that the that in the um i was in india in october for a while and I kept thinking that the I mean and and the trip into Dada when I you know one when one leaves these places or one was there the feeling I have more than anything is complete inadequacy you know inadequate to the task or the the challenge of meeting people's need and what's needed it's is a healing energy the world the people of the world there's so much pain and there is so much suffering that we need it's it's almost feels to me like what the world needs to be washed in a healing force that will cleanse the impurities which cause these tremendous anguish and, and, and pain in people and free them from this internal conflict and suffering. And the only thing that can do that is Maitreya. The energy of love flowing through the centres, the etheric centres within every, each and every human being, purifying and cleansing and healing, not just us, but the the environment as well. But and that's you know the connection I suppose that I that I saw. Um, uh, when I was in Dadaab and, and, and have been reflecting on ever since.
2: We do hear him, but unfortunately he doesn't hear me, so I am sending questions to him via Skype, and we're doing pretty well. We're doing pretty well here. Um, so uh, in the last segment, Graham was talking about the energies of Maitreya uh, cleansing the world. Um, it, it, we're... we're the world is in such a, a, a extraordinary transition, which for many of us <clears> is extremely troubling sometimes to, to see what's happening in the world. I do want to bring to your attention the idea of the energies. And you, we've mentioned Benjamin Krem several times. Uh, Benjamin Krem, as I said, has written... Uh, uh, quite a bit. He's the primary exponent. Uh, uh, his work uh, has continued. He passed on in in October of 2016, but his work continues um, through many volunteers around the world sharing this story, again, for your consideration, for your investigation, and you can investigate further. Um, there are a number of books that Benjamin Krem has published, and you can also hear Benjamin Cram, in his lectures in New York and in uh, Tokyo, Uh, they are online on YouTube. Visit Share International on YouTube and you will see uh, entire lectures as well as short excerpts. Uh, from Benjamin Krem's talks. So, whatever time you have available, you can learn something very quickly by listening to those videos. So, uh, in regards to the energies, uh, I'd like for the audience to keep in mind that, uh, you know, physicists understand that everything is energy, and that is no different with the event of the emergence of Maitreya. And Maitreya and the masters are uh, stewards of Uh, very potent cosmic and planetary energies which they direct into the world uh, to aid in the great plan of humanity. These are energies that are uh, stimulating. Um, These are energies that are guiding. Uh, So when we see uh Changes that may appear to be alarming when we see divisions in the world that are troubling, these are all being stimulated and when we see great uh great occurrences in the world that are inspiring especially especially people power movements. All of this is being stimulated by the energies of Maitreya, the good and the bad, and w- the result of that is that we are seeing the in, in, in the, the uh, in clear relief. We are seeing uh, the difference, the distinction between what is progressive and forward thinking for the benefit of humanity and we're seeing very clearly what is regressive and uh um, uh, suppressive of of the progress of humanity and that will help us as humanity make the choices that we need to make to uh, move humanity forward and in a moment we're going to talk about the day of declaration i'll ask uh i'll ask graham to explain that um Uh, So I am going to cue him with the next question on uh, the biggest lesson he has learned from making a difference, making a difference in the world.
0: I think when you're working with um, vulnerable groups, then as all the people that we've worked with are... um, the first thing you need to do is establish trust and that can take time. Um, one of the best ways to establish trust is to um, be consistent and to do what you say you're going to do. I remember when after the first trip to Sri Lanka, when I left I said goodbye to the to the, to the group and to the, there was one chap who was the sort of head of the group. They used to call him Baby, and he was a lovely, lovely man. And I said, "I'm going, Baby, and I'll, I'll, but I'll, I'll be back." And he said, "Oh yeah, okay, Mr. Gray." Mr. They used to call me Mr. Gray. <laughs> um, blah 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 blah. He said. So anyway, I left, and I don't know, about a month later or, or something, I returned, and just turned up at the camp. They didn't know I was coming, and he said that after the tsunami. Um, many NGOs, international and local and regional, turned up. And he said, they all said, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do this. And he said, you're the only one who came back. And that was a big lesson. So, you know, the lesson was, if you say you're going to do something, do it. Um, I think it's, you know, lots of people want to do something to make a difference in the world and to serve and so on. But, you know, see the problems as too immense and, you know, what can I do? I'm only one person and so on. And it's true. And we all feel like that. And, um, you know, when you, when you're getting engaged in things, I think sometimes you feel that even more, but, you know, my, my, my advice is then just to keep it simple, you know, to identify, and an area of, of concern, something that you feel sympathetic towards um, and get involved. You know, um, start simply volunteering a little bit, little bit, little bit. And, and you know, don't try to judge whether you're making a difference or not. Just, you know, Maitreya says, um, puts it very simply and makes it so easy for us. Well, he says, Maestrius says, take your brother's need as the measure for your actions and solve the problems of the world. And I think really it's as simple as that. Um, The minute you think of somebody else, you stop thinking about yourself, your own self-pity and depression disappears. And uh, you find that you're caught up in, in, in trying to do whatever you can, large or small, for somebody else.
2: Beautifully eloquent. There's nothing more uh, therapeutic.
0: Maitreya's emergence, the gradual, steady, planned process of his emergence, um, which is is taking place, will lead, according to Benjamin Krem, um, an extraordinary event, an unprecedented historic event called... Uh, by one of the masters called the Day of Days, it will be the Day of Days. Um, Ben's called it the Day of Declaration, and it's it will be. But Maitreya is 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 in the process of giving television interviews, um, and once his message and is widely known, the expectation is that there will be a public. Demands made on 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 governments to that this extraordinary man with this message of peace and sharing should be given the opportunity to address the whole of humanity. And that event will, um, that will be the 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 day of declaration. Um, All the the satellite televisions will be linked. It will. Uh, The message will be given through the television networks um, at a particular time, on a particular date, and Maitreya's face will appear on the television screens, but he will not speak. He won't say a word, but his message, his ideas, uh, will enter the minds of everybody, every adult, I think above the age of 14, I think Ben has said, Um, and everybody will hear his message inwardly, telepathically, similar to what took place at at, at, uh, at Pentecost with with Jesus, where people um, heard the message in their own languages. So one of the masters has said that people everywhere will become like little children, full of trust, full of love, full of goodness, full of hope, full of aspiration, Connected to one another like never before, and Benjamin Krem has said that people will feel saintly; they will feel at their best, as he puts it, at their most holy. I think, as because the energy of love, we will three things will take place on that day: the 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 message will enter into the minds of all of humanity; the there will be a enormous outflow of Maitreya's energy which is the energy which is the Christ principle or the energy of love he is the lord of love so this energy of love will flow through the hearts of everybody throughout throughout the world and the third thing that will happen is that there will be spontaneous healings on the physical plane so it'll be a mental um emotional or heartfelt and physical experience. Maitreya himself has said it will be almost as if I've embraced the whole of humanity, that people will feel it even physically. So it's it he will give give us a glimpse of the the type of civilization, the type of world that we can build. Um, he will explain how far we've fallen from, from, from grace, from our, our true stature as divine men and women um, into this materialistic pit of suffering and conflict. And he will lay out the, the possibilities for change, the, the technology that can be given. Um, and this will inspire humanity. After reflection, you know, there will be a, a moment for us to build completely new social, economic and political structures which accommodate the needs of all men uh, for social justice, freedom and peace.
2: And thank you, Graham Peebles. Thank you, audience, for listening. Uh, this is cielita Pasquale in Seattle.
1: What a great show. I don't know about you, but... There are places in my own life where I can apply a lot of these teachings in ways that I never have before and which will contribute to my own spiritual growth. And I'm sure the same is true for many of you. So if you go to our website, www.planetarymakeover.org, you can see all of our shows. And finally, a quote from the world teacher. Maitreya, take your brother's need as the measure for your actions and solve the problems of the world. And what better way to end this show than for you to experience transmission meditation, which is really a world service and very simple. There's no training, no obligation, no cost involved. All you need do is hold your attention at the Anjana Center. The Anjana Center is that chakra between your eyebrows and we will recite the Great Invocation together. And to perform transmission meditation most effectively, you need at least three people to form a triangle and invoke these energies that are coming from the world teacher, Maitreya, and the masters, who are the scientific custodians of these energies, and you are stepping them down energetically so that they can be absorbed by the mass of humanity and the planet. And in so doing, creates an, a most valuable world service for everyone, and not just the participants in the meditation. And here it is, the great invocation. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power Restore the plan on earth. Visit us on Facebook at hashtag Planetary Makeover. This show has been a production of planetarymakeover.org. At our website, we have a link to our bi-weekly live show at 5 p.m. Mondays Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. At our website, we also have a link to our archives and a selection of our shows. For more background info, visit www.shareinternationalwest.org. That's shareinternational-west.org. For related books and DVDs and CDs by Benjamin Krem, on the emergence of Maitreya, of the World teacher, please go to share-ecart.com. That's share-ecart. .com We also invite you to watch another show that we really love entitled What in the World is Happening? And that show which you don't want to miss is produced by Share International Canada. And it airs every second Saturday at 11am Pacific Time and 2pm Eastern Time. The link to check it out is share- Cher- International.ca or visit the Share International Canada Facebook page.